0: The Jeep Wrangler 4XE. It's electrified. Boogie, woogie, woogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie up a mountain, boogie. over creeks, or boogie, woogie, woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie, woogie, woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie, woogie, woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie, woogie, woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4XE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. This week, Shia LaBeouf on art, truth, and his new film, Man Down, and we take stock post-Thanksgiving. I'm Josh Horowitz. Hi, Sammy.
0: Hi. um You're full of turkey. You're full
1: of turkey. We're happy to be back. I'm
0: full of turkey and happiness and love. We needed a reset. We
1: took we took a week off Mm -hmm. for the holiday. Um, Hopefully, you guys uh, had a great holiday with friends and family. Um, It was good to take a break, but we're thrilled to be back. And we Mm -hmm. we're starting off this uh, not quite the new year, but the end of 2016 in good fashion.
0: A bang.
1: We're um, we're on location right now at another uh, uh, special uh, auxiliary podcast studio location. We're, we're in lo- the
0: podcast bunker. Exactly.
1: <laughs> the second b- bunker we have uh, so that we can meet up with um, Shia LaBeouf as I teased in the opening. He is the uh, one and only guest uh, this week and he uh, packs a lot into this conversation. He is, um, as you know, um, a fascinating actor, a fascinating personality and one of my favorite guys to interview. And it had been a while since I sat down with him. Um, um, four years, in fact, um, and he's he's been busy in those four years with his uh, amazing uh, art projects and, and fascinating work. He's in two films this year that are worth checking out, uh, American Honey, which I think is still in theaters and you guys should definitely check out. It was um, uh, it, It's a performance that, that has already earned him an Independent Spirit Award nomination and um, is one of the best of the year. And he's also starring in a new film that is uh, about to come out called Man Down. It stars him and Kate Mara, Jai Courtney. Wow, look, it's all the – Oh podcast God, regulars, friends. I didn't even think of that. Um, friends. and uh, he's excellent in it. Shia plays a uh, a soldier kind of suffering from PTSD. Um, I don't want to say too much more because there's some kind of twists and turns to the story, but um, it does re- reunite him with uh, Ditto Montiel, I believe that's how you pronounce his uh, name. He was the filmmaker behind A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints, which is a very early Shia LaBeouf film, so um. Sammy wasn't here, so Sammy's as interested as you guys. I I just
0: walked into the room that he was in, and the energy in here is just really wonderful.
1: And he comes in, like, uh, with a great energy. He came in really enthused and excited to be here and to uh, reminisce about um, his... Not so much his early work. We actually really focus mostly on sort of yeah. where he's been the last few years and what like his kind of new approach to acting and um, really you know I mean it sounds kind of pretentious to say but like trying to like you know find the truth in acting and being true to himself and um, and experimenting with different acting techniques and and um, uh, he's very eloquent and enthusiastic in talking about sort of what he's going after nowadays and um, explaining um, the reasoning behind his art projects and um, the kind of filmmakers he's working with and why he's not necessarily doing those kinds of Transformers movies and Indiana Jones movies that, that kind of brought him to fame. He's um, he's in an interesting place. He just turned 30, just got married. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, we have a lot of great work ahead to see from Shia LaBeouf. I've always been a big fan and supporter of his so I'm, I'm thrilled that we got a chance to catch up.
0: I love Shia LaBeouf. He's great. I've ever since Holes. I mean, come on. Holes uh, was great. <laughs> Holes was the
1: best. People, uh, yeah, a lot of people at MTV have a mad love for, for Holes. Did you
0: get into a, we didn't, we, i was gonna say did you get into holes and just <laughs> everything just got weird no
1: we but, saved we saved holes for the next time i'm sorry okay
0: well no it's like a little treat to look forward to yeah we need you to know? save
1: something for the next you time you gotta
0: save something
1: uh you had a good turkey day you had a good thanksgiving
0: yeah really good how about you
1: Thanks for asking. You don't care.
0: <laughs> no, I it occurred tell. to me that you do celebrate <laughs> Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> um, yes, it was lovely, and uh, did all the requisite stuff. A lot of uh, nieces and nephew time, and saw some movies. Saw Fantastic Beasts for a third time. Me too? Have, you you seen, seen it three times? Yeah. <laughs> wow. We're we're really sad.
0: Nerds. <laughs> Movie, it's
1: a really good movie. Um, yeah, I I honestly do think as far as blockbusters go, this year it's one of my favorites.
0: I love it, I really do.
1: It's great, I'm excited that we're Mm -hmm. gonna get the chance to follow those guys through the next uh few years. Um, what else to mention? We uh we've got a bunch of cool things coming up. We have a we're doing an after-hour sketch next week that we don't want to say who's involved, but it's another humongous one, everyone's
0: head will. Explode.
1: With giant movie stars. Uh, we we're, f- were following up. The last one we did was – Was the last one we did? Um... Ezra. Oh, we did Ezra, which was great. Ezra Miller, and then we did Anna mm-hmm. Kendrick and Ben Affleck. So yeah, so we're, we're trying to keep the bar pretty high. And cause... a little
0: Eddie redmayne et. Yes, a featurette. Yes,
1: we did a little PSA with Eddie Redmayne, and we're going to experiment with that with another mm-hmm. actor coming up. Anyway, Ooh. so many teases. <laughs> um, but enough about other projects. Let's get to the uh, heart of the matter with Mr. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, we just talked to him in our special uh, auxiliary podcast studio. He's a wild man. He ro- he roams all over the mic. He might, you oh might God, hear him he's coming climbing in up, and up out. the window. No, right but you might, you might, just in case you are wondering like why he's loud now, he's quiet now. Well, he, he moves around a bit. He can't keep a Shia LaBeouf pinned down. Um, but um, love him. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. It was great to catch up with him and uh, go support him by checking out his new film, Man Down. Uh, and without any further ado, here's
0: Shia.
2: Let's get into it, please. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, good. Make yourselves comfortable wherever you guys want.
2: You don't want to lose the truth. You know how sometimes you come into a room and then you, that's those first, are you going to stand up? Yeah, like this. That's so intimidating. This is this okay? Bro. <laughs> that's really Welcome tough. To bro. The show, this right? is a really hard way to do this. How are you? I'm You know um, how you come in the first five minutes, go ahead. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure.
2: Go for it. You come in the first five minutes and then you do the, the hi, hi, nice to meet you and, and, they're, and they're honest and then then you got to do it again? Yeah, no, we don't need honesty
1: here. That's all oh, yes, man. we do, bro. Let's start there. <laughs> Shall we jump in, Sean? Yes, please. We're doing it. Okay. She'll come back, but that's okay. We want, we want the truth here. Yeah, the the truth, truth is that you need some water, and we're going to have some water at the some point. The truth boys. is I'm
2: happy to see you, Josh.
1: You know how long it's been since we've sat down? How long? Four years. Holy shit, man. What happened? Well, I started doing different
2: stuff, and you they
1: delegate you to a certain stuff, and we got lost somewhere.
2: But we're back together. Yeah, the hey, gang's man. back together. It's cool. It's the middle ground.
1: <laughs> um, I'm I'm beyond excited to see you, man. Uh, and congratulations. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, man. Down is the film that yeah. is about to come out. A uh, kind of a reunion of sorts, yeah, uh, with you and Dito. Dito? Yeah. So, um, well, for, first of all, give me a sense of since it has been four years, mm-hmm. you've been up to a lot. I'm just. Frozen in Amber. Um, nothing's changed for me. That's not true. In case you're wondering, i literally true. the same hey, person. This is pretty cool, man. This is pretty DIY. We weren't here before. This is true. Yeah. Uh, I missed. I missed the long form conversation. You know, yeah, we talked nice. at a lot of junkets. It's nice. And I missed the kind of actual. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, are you a podcast listener? Yeah. What do you listen to? Uh, I was just listening
2: to Fresh Air, a bunch of NPR stuff. I'm wondering. Great. Yeah. And I like. Uh, I like. Uh, uh, um, uh, drink Champs. I don't know that one. Oh, it's a hip hop one. Okay. Like with the, uh, with the, uh, yeah. And I like Charlemagne's podcast. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Have you uh, had the record deals uh, been coming in <laughs> since Sway? I'm a one hit wonder, dude.
1: Not, <laughs> I'm never, never again. I'll never rap again. That was amazing. <laughs> was as, as somebody that like is not steeped in that stuff, just sure. to watch it, what was exciting for me was to watch somebody that was like living a dream clearly, yeah, totally. And like, <laughs> and em- really grabbed the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. went for it.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. Embraced it. And, and, and that's, yeah. It was, a dream he's a huge cultural icon that show is huge
1: yeah yeah so give me a sense okay so four years ago i think the last time we sat down was i think it was for lawless it was you and and the lovely jessica chastain Mm -hmm. and a lot's happened since then obviously give me a sense of where you were at then versus now i mean that i know it's a broad question but like where was your head at in terms of career then versus now were you in a much different space you think oh for
2: sure yeah i think you know I, i i've been trying to find myself i'm still in that thing but i think i've just been more um questioning like identity as of late uh and and um and that's led me to different kind of projects yeah and chasing truth you know i've been chasing truth so depending on where i'm at uh temperature wise i've been really thank you very much moving towards that in my life as opposed to uh,
1: uh letting the business uh guide my um Yep. Uh, decisions well it seems like and like to be the armchair psychologist for a second mm-hmm. like what, what it seemed to me was like you were like on a path you were on a very clear kind of like tried and true hollywood path yeah and you were kind of in, in many ways like at the apex of that you know it was the transformers indiana jones working mm-hmm. with the top like commercial filmmakers on the planet and whether i guess my question is like whether it was like of your own like like volition that you kind of decided to veer off or um or what because like you clearly have started you've charted a different path since then. And I think
2: nothing ever is. You sort of, you respond to your uh, circumstance, yeah. you know, and like I I was given a bunch of gifts real fast and didn't know how to really deal with those gifts. And then, you know, uh, and then duty kicks in and you go, well, how am I supposed to respond to receiving these gifts? And if you're a kid like me who came from a certain kind of come up, it doesn't feel natural to receive all these gifts like this. It was a new thing for me. So I didn't know how to really juggle that in my head and and in my choices. And I wasn't really making choices. I was signed. You know, I'm one of the last kind of like Hollywood deals where they sign you for five years kind of thing, and and then they give you three no's a year. Oh, You were like the Paramount
1: guy for a while, basically? because I
2: came in when when Paramount and uh, DreamWorks had their merger, and I was right under the toe of that with Disturbia. It was the first movie they made together. So it was the beginning of a deal between – I was in the middle of a lot of corporate – and so, and, and that was a blessing in a lot of ways because I got to nurture certain gifts, you know, sure. and, and and work on on set dynamics and uh, presence and things like that. But it also, like what we talked about when we first sat down, it relegates you to a. a um, it, it gets harder. It gets harder to get to uh, uh, sensibilities that I that do exist in my generation, not just my, me in my person, but in my generation that weren't being expressed by filmmakers because they were of a different generation. Right. So in trying to speak to my truth, I needed to get with filmmakers who, who uh, had different sensibilities. And the guys who work at that level aren't of that generation. It's just very hard. It's like we were talking about this earlier. People in the art world who are considered young are in their mid-30s. Early forties, right? In the director world, it's even later because it's the last dictatorial position on a film set. You wind up with a much older generation running stuff that's high level, big budget, because it's less about the creative and it's more about management yep. and trust and tried and true. And if you're a new young buck, you know you might have tried the vision, and true is
1: the death of. Of art to you, Right. I mean- so,
2: so you're in a conundrum, and, and it, I'm not the first to speak on it, and I'm not even the most eloquent when it comes to it. But that that got itchy that position of being in the middle yeah. of that and being in your middle, of your come up when you know your window for for like interesting projects is coming when you turn thirty.
1: This is Happy Sack Confused. We'll be right back after this.
0: The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4 by it's electrified. Boogie, woogie, woogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Sure the boogie. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator. as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please take me with you. Boogie. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: With someone like Dito, like early on in the career, was that was that a filmmaker that you sensed was you were similar sensibilities was kind of like out there in, in, a, in a good way for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it was like, uh Yes. That's the quick answer. So what's the big, I mean, obviously huge difference is You're at a much different age now than for a guide to recognizing your saints. But um, was it a little bit of a full circle moment? Did it feel weird kind of going back to it? Yeah,
2: 100%. And I was also at a place where, you know, I was in the middle of this like uh, identity exploration in a very public way. This is like bag on head moments coming out of some of that and like and 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 with like with anything even with the word hello when you say it 50 times it has a different meaning the 50th time than it did the first time so even if you're no one ever gets your stuff the commitment to it somehow makes it safer right and so the fact that i was able to keep doing it somehow made it more edible to the mainstream public and he came in at a time when i had only done two or three of these projects so it was really very itchy out there for me you know and it, it was there was a lot of friction and so he came into my room and was sort of like look i know you got some 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 uh, rub in your life. And, and this project that I'm present to you uh, has a lot of me too in it. And that might help you. And let's call this an exorcism of sorts. And can I come back here on Wednesday? So I read the script and I'm like, there is a lot of me too in there. Ooh boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all over this right here. And this is what I was actually going through. Even though I'm not a, a warfighter, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, rub in there. That's very close. And I come from a family of war fighters, So you know, my dad was in there even though it wasn't my role. And I'm in there even though I'm not Gabe. Uh, and so there was a lot of me in there. So I thought, okay, I can't go wrong here if I just am honest and, and reveal myself to Ditto. And he gets it. And Ditto already knew me, so I felt like I could.
1: And it was just one of them – it was like a another gift, man. It just came at the right time. And it's a film that's about a number of things. I mean, on the surface, I think it's about PTSD, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I've heard you talk about this, and it's an interesting kind of analysis. Like, it's, it's about sort of what you've said, I think, is like – just how work affects us, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, like it, it kind of can, uh, uh, we can bring that home, and sure. it can damage us in many ways. Sure. Do you find that 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 work over the years has been like a respite for you, or has work kind of like damaged your personal life in some ways? Or? I feel like I'm that like
2: a block of clay on that spindle thing, and work is like the is like the incisor cutting me up. I'm, I'm shaping myself on choices. Yeah. You know, like like uh, that's the big version of a small thing. Every, and we're also at a place now where every choice. When, you know, in the 80s, not every choice was political. I could buy this water with no politics <laughs> attached to it, you know. Right. And now we're at a place where because the world is in, a, is in a very severe spot, in a very polarized spot, in a very divided spot, everything I do has politics attached to it. Your aesthetic choices uh, are your political choices. Your social choices are your political choices. And so I think, yeah, my choices have shaped my aesthetic have shaped my social interactions, have shaped my everything. It, it is
1: my. I'm parenting myself on choice. How are you approaching the work differently if, if you are at this point? Like, I mean, do you kind of go in at, with the same kind of... Yeah, that's the thing is I'm not
2: approaching the work any differently. I, I'm approaching the more work probably maybe with more freedom, mm-hmm. You know, because that tried and true thing we talked about, yeah. when you go off into the corner and start doing your funny business, nobody looks at you crazy if you've done it three or four times. Right. The first time, though, was probably right around lawless. When I saw Hardy doing that kind of stuff. Yes. And I was like, mm, okay, there is no special rules to this. This is uh, do whatever it takes. And if that's what it takes, you know, then that's what it takes. And I had never seen any actor do that. The actors I had been around prior to that all had the tradition. And tradition is a, is a jail cell. And here I'm staring at a dude who is free. <laughs> and I'm going, I want it bad. I want it real bad. And so you fake it till you make it. You try certain things that you think might be getting you closer to truth, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, You know, I throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see see what sticks. For me, I don't have a lot of faith in my talent because that word is funny to me because I'm I'm, I'm a Simpsons kid. So, you know, the idea of talent is modernist and old by the time it gets to me, and I'm of the blue-collar mentality where we're all – it's an egalitarian internet I came up with. We're all equal, so what special skill do I have? I'm a boxer, you know, these are ordinary dudes with extraordinary determination. And I think actors are the same way. And when I saw Hardy, I saw that in him, Uh, just a hard worker who went about it like a roofer. And I was like, I'm going there. That's where I want to go. So from Lawless on, my style and my choices was sort of a as if kind of you know, it's not Stanislavski, but it's an as-if Stanislavski.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and as I recall on Wallace, I mean, because of that, I think there was some friction because you went at him as just as much as he was going after everyone. He was, he was pushing and, you, yeah. and you, it sounds like you respond to that and you're like, okay, if you're going to push and- Mad love though. We were, yeah.
2: it was never, the way it was all reported was that we had this crazy contentious thing. It was brothers. It sounds like you had actually the utmost respect for him. Man, like it's you. supreme love. Sh- reverence. Yeah. yeah but he, I can't revere him like a Gary- Gary is, because Gary is further along in his path, and what I needed with Hardy was was connection, what I needed with Gary and still is, is I have never worked with Gary where I needed connection with Gary, other than maybe two or three moments in Man
1: Down. This is Gary Oldman for contest, and he was also in Lawless, of course.
2: And and so I'm look you know, before I met Hardy, Gary was on my list. And then you meet a Hardy and you go, Boy, he's on the list too, and you see how they work differently. One guy has the tradition in a way that works for him, and one guy comes up at a different time. It's yeah. two different styles, also. I would also say I'm very different than Hardy in style. I think he's much more of a representational actor meaning he can wear many hats and do these accents and do these walks and has the, these intricate details to his, his performance, whereas you look at a Joaquin Phoenix, it's a, more of a presentational performance. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find where I'm at, and there's different styles and ways of doing it. What I saw in Hardy was something exciting. It was like a clown going to Cirque du Soleil. You know? <laughs>
1: what, what, what about the aspect though? And you tried this a couple of times in different contexts. I think you did it on Lawless and a little bit on Charlie Countryman mm-hmm. in terms of like doing the thing. Yeah. Whether it was drinking or, or taking yeah. a drug or something like yeah. that. Was that the right path? Did it feel right in the – I mean I guess it felt right at the time. But in retrospect, was that, just, again, just sort of experimenting with yeah, a way sure. to just do it? And, I, I'm and a Disney Channel
2: kid to a Spielberg kid to a, trans, you know, a Transformers kid to yeah. a – I was very – my come up is quite corporate. So I was bucking a lot of stuff personally. But all that was in, in the public. So like yeah, it was – a lot of it is experimentation. Uh, some things aren't necessary uh, and you do them anyways. Because they will, they are, they're like putting the bumpers up on the, on the, on bowling. You go to a bowling alley, you got a choice to make, you know? You could probably get a strike without the bumpers, but with the bumpers up, it's just a, it's a more of a relaxed way of working. You are more assured in your approach. When I work as an actor, I keep bumpers up. Yeah. That's because, because why the fuck not, you know? If I, if I can, I want to win. You know, I want to, I want to express my truth and that's a win. And in order to get there, if it's bumpers up, it's bumpers up. And sometimes it makes you go in the corner or you need, you, you, you do whatever the fuck they ask you to do because you, you don't want to fail.
1: Have you talked about this kind of stuff with, with Gary? I mean, you, yeah. you, you share a bunch of scenes in man down for sure. One, one-on-one scenes. He's and- Rada though. This is what I mean. He's, he's. He's Rada. He's a different school, man. But well, he was wild in the day. Completely he went
2: wild. But this was again—that's his version of bucking his tradition. He comes from uh, Sydney Poitier and 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 Lawrence. Uh, you know, a, a different kind of school of acting is mm-hmm. what he was coming out of, and his response to it, his way of bucking tradition and creating freedom for himself meant that he was a guy who from Rada who would get in a car with John Hurt and drive through the plate glass window of an Italian restaurant, get out, order pizza. That was a different temperature in the business. Right. And and since as the business has changed, so has so have the traditions. And so the way that I've lived my life at, at points has been really haphazardly. It's not all decided. Like I didn't decide to get arrested, you sure. know? These are things that that I have to respond to as as a creative and as a person. But there are things that you do decide on that, that inform the way that you respond to the world, respond to interviews, uh, and, and make your choices that are, for me are about bucking traditions
1: that I was presented with. I mean, some of the things we're talking about, like, you know, bring to mind, like the question of like, do you have to? Do you have to necessarily suffer for your art? Like, can't? Isn't there an easier path where right. you can be happy and satisfied and not like and not damage yourself physically or this, mentally? This is what I mean. I think when I was f- first coming up, before I had really got when I even when I first met
2: Hardy, I had this talent, th- this modernist method actor, old school, antiquated way of looking at. And if you look at the modernist movement, it's all about martyrdom. Every, uh, you, you know, Pollock was all about beating himself down for it, you know, so, and then you felt like he earned your, the right for your attention. And this is an old school thing. But in acting, that tradition stayed on much longer, much, much longer. The method actor thing is really, really antiquated, but it still has some kind of like sexy appeal. Yes. And, that, and, and so my thing is like I have an, an eye towards that and a respect for it, but I also know it's not real. That is bullshit. So I, I have to do both. I'm, I'm rational and I'm also romantic.
1: Yeah. I'm both. I'm wearing both hats. It's, I'm, I'm the fakest method actor you ever met, and for me, it works. When, when you started to kind of like go down this path, sounds like around Lawless is when you kind of like doubled down on kind of like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try some different shit now yeah. and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, the people around you. What did they say? I mean, were they worried for you? I mean, I'll be – <laughs> Melissa, your, your publicist is laughing in the corner. I mean, I was worried for you, ma'am. We yeah, haven't – you know, sure. like, I mean, you know. Because it's the first time I was saying hello is what I mean. To get to
2: – it takes patience to get to the 50th hello where that hello means something different. But when you say it the first time, people are like, yo, what Whoa. the – I would say the first five times it was. For sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And again, some of this is interspersed with getting arrested. Yeah. Some of it, some of it is conscious choices on projects and some of it is also unconscious fuck-ups. Yeah, legit, legit- problems we all have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so, you know, in being fallible and in trying to deal with my human and it also being like a conscious person with an eye towards legacy and pride and uh, uh, litmus for my creativity, I'm juggling both and and the people around me you know, looked at me in, in a in a very specific regard, especially like not Melissa per se, but I got a manager in my life who's like a father, a guy named uh, Crosby, who's '50s Rockwell America, and to get him to to get into some of this avant-garde philosophy is was really tough. Yeah. But one, the only way you can get somebody to get into it is when they start seeing the benefits. Once you present benefits, it's really hard to fight a benefit.
1: Did that being said have you lost friends acquaintances o- over this the last 4 or 5 years because of this stuff no man it's actually been the total opposite
2: the people that i thought w- uh, weren't my friends have come around and i've come around on them and and my life is getting uh, far less enemy oriented
1: well it does feel like yes as you said like the 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 first couple years and there were you know a bunch of things that that were worrisome signs for those of us that 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 loved your work and and, and cared about you um You've come around to this place where you've it seems like you are making it work. You obviously got married recently. Congratulations on Thank that. You. And you know, and and the fact that you're doing this amazing work, like American Honey, you know I'm a, a huge fan of as cool, well. Man. It's been and congrats, you got an in the Indie Spirit nomination yeah, the other day. Cool. Um does it feel like in a in a way you're like, guys, this is what I was trying to tell you. Like there was a method to my madness. Like every every person, every creative feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna
2: meet no creative who
1: doesn't have that thing in and that's like, wait,
2: but but wait, but there's more. <laughs> That's what a creative is. Right. Yeah. So um It's a completely irrational belief in oneself. <laughs> That's what being an artist means.
1: Yeah. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused.
0: We'll be right back after this.
1: So w- what's your appetite right now for um the studio film for like what's your name mean you think if to, to studios right now what's your interest in, in going down that route um you kind of have done your time you're clearly working with top ind- like independent cool filmmakers mm-hmm. what do you need something from the big studios at this point do you feel or All the
2: independent people that i love uh don't shy away from a studio uh uh, uh film maybe right You know what I'm saying? And so I I find myself in the same spot. Like to to shut off a whole thing based on a system is wrong because all systems, once they become systematized, become completely dull. So even if you just stay on the side of, of, you know, indie filmmaking, European filmmaking, uh, you know, avant-garde cinema – you're going to become systematized and yeah. become dull. It gets well. repetitive
1: even in, the, in that way. <laughs> Roger. So,
2: like, I, I stay open. I'm just trying to stay malleable, you know? Uh, granted, I p- sort of put my foot in my ass in terms of, you know, dealing with the studio system on a certain level, but there's also a new generation entering the studio system that, that I have relationships with that don't think lowly of my work that uh, might be interested in a meeting. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, like, stay the course, uh, work on my good guy. And, and keep an eye towards doing good work. I mean, that's really the only thing that I can do, and that's what I'm trying to do. Do you keep in touch at all with uh with like a Michael Bay? What's the like, yes? Do you? Yes, yeah, we love each other, man. If you ask Mike, you know, he he, he might shit on me, but it'll be with a smile on his face. Right. There's deep, deep love and understanding on both sides. I think.
1: Well, you you came of age with him, and, totally, and, and man. I know that first film is still like close to your heart.
2: He's a big brother, dude. He's a different generation, and and he's a big brother, and and I love him regardless of if we have differing opinions on a lot. You know what I mean? It's like, and we were just talking about that. This is part of the issues. Like, I have a different opinion with a lot of people in this world, and and that's part of what's creating this polarized thing. Is I, I think I was really anti-Michael Bay's uh, sensibilities while I was with Bay, <laughs> you know, which <laughs> right. was was tough for both of us. But I think and he doesn't that, shy from an argument. No, no, heck, no, man, he likes it, and, and in a way that kind of made Transformers One kind of what it was was this we wrestled a little bit, yeah. you know, and and I think we both became apathetic once we became systematized, mm-hmm. and 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 then and then we died a little. And then, you know, uh, he, Mike has got a great, great film in him and he and has made great film in the past. I mean, for me, you know, it's not Citizen Kane, but The Rock is up there with me with Sandlot <laughs> and all these Ninja Turtles and like the, the, the nostalgia and Field of Dreams and like the nostalgic
1: dummy shit that I love. Yeah. And that's just who I am, you know, um, and he's part of that. Still, he doesn't need to make six Transformers movies. No, I mean, but he, I think he's trying tough. to find himself. Because he, as you said, he is so talented and you want to see him kind of try different things. And with I think those Mike,
2: Mike is of a generation that believes he is a machine. It, he's mm-hmm. he's exploring something i mean it might be hard to see it it might have the subtlety of an alice cooper but he is trying to find something and it's it's it might take six films you know maybe it is just money but it has to be more than that and i know mike so i i know it is more than that and okay. and i know at face value it looks like he's just it's just a he's just getting cash you right, know, right. A cash grab but he's actually trying to walk away respectfully. And he hasn't made the movie he wants to make yet. And I think that's admirable. Yeah. I think there's something really
1: admirable about a dude who's still trying. And Mike is for sure doing that. There's nothing dead about Mike that way. <laughs> yeah. Has, yeah. He, has he tried to entice you to come back for a cameo in the last couple films? Yeah. <laughs> not tempting. Well, we just haven't found the right thing. You know, I'm not opposed to
2: nothing. And I still love Mike and I still love a lot of the, that crew was my favorite. That's my family. I grew up on that set. So I know that film crew more than I even know Mike. And I talked to all of them and, you know,
1: uh, I got mad love for those people. So, uh, not, not to bring up a film that I know can be a sore point for some, but, but Indiana Jones, yeah. how do you look back on that? Cause my, my perspective on that one at this point is there are a lot of problems that were bigger than mutt with that, with that film and i'm saying that you're not saying that okay but like in some ways you became the scapegoat for that film and i kind of feel badly for you in that way um i think it also shaped
2: who i became though you know yeah.
1: I, I, and so and in that way i'm grateful yeah, yeah. or because um, you know you, you've obviously said some things about steven that you probably maybe felt I don't yeah think, I, don't I was quite
2: emotional i yeah. was you know I, I was in pain and 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 i said some irrational shit that you know y- y- you know that that i probably take back for sure yeah. uh but but um you know I, I i'm i'm fallible i'm growing and i'm trying to stay the course and part of that is you know keep keep that dude's name out of my mouth un- unless it's in a respectful <laughs> way you know but i was in i was feeling some sort of way man yeah and i and i and i did feel like you know nobody stuck up for me yeah. and, and that shit didn't feel good cuz you know me and him had a relationship past the business part you know
1: but you know hats off to the dude man he's a fucking legend yeah, I the proofs in the resume. I mean, I, less likely at this point that uh, Mutt will be popping up in the next indie film. Probably not. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the response? I don't know. Oh man, I I, don't, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so okay, let, let, let's backtrack for a little bit since we do, do have some time. So so growing up, you've talked before. Like what? Like who were who were the guys? It was like Seagal. It yeah was he was like, big he was big what was your seagal movie of choice what was it like were you a hard to kill guy out for justice what what's the like? one with the pool stick i just remember me and oh. my dad with the pool i just remember the pool stick fight that was uh they all blend together that's the yeah, problem for that's me. the thing
2: it's one of the movies i remember just going to drive through and there was a year where he had like two or three movies come out me and my dad just watched every seagal movie at the drive in. that was our thing that's how i got to know my dad was watching them stupid movies you know <laughs> you ever so, met steven seagal uh, uh wait wait Carol Burnett Stephen Seag- Carol Burnett worked with Steven Seagal. Is that what you just said? <laughs> I said have you ever met? Oh, because that would be an acid trip, bro. What the fuck? A have you, have Burnett, you ever seen Steven the Carol Seagal Burnett Stephen Seagal, Steven Seagal the the joint? Bro.
1: Under siege three, the Carol Burnett. <laughs> Carol Burnett. <laughs> wow, man. I interviewed him at a Best Buy once. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, what yeah, was he, he was promoting. No, no, he wasn't buying. He was, he was, he was on the payroll. He was promoting the Geek Squad, the guys that would like fix no your way. computers. Oh no! And he shit. came out
2: and. Oh, bro, he yeah, see, choices. choices. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. One day
1: I'm interviewing you at a Best Maybe, Buy, man. Don't yeah, do promoting
2: it. Promoting chainsaws or something. Like, hey, Josh, good to see you again, pal. These are the greatest chainsaws,
1: dude. You should get yourself one of these chainsaws. So when, so when you had an opportunity, thanks to one of your cool projects, to watch literally all of the films back to back to back, yeah. which ones brought a smile to your face? Which oh, was? even
2: Stevens. You know, all the nostalgic ones, the ones that aren't about criticality, the ones that are just straight up stupid fun, you know? Uh, and then, you know, for me, man down is because it's always your, your last one, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I, I think the two different total, bunch of different experiences. But by the time we got to The third day of that, we were all delusional in that room. The room had a totally different vibe to it. The smell was different. You have dudes taking drugs in line, coming in, stumbling in after three days of party to come watch the Even Stevens movie. And then after the Even Stevens movie, you get to like Breakfast with Einstein, which we couldn't even find an English cut of. So you got got this Russian Breakfast with Einstein that's in subtitles, which is me and this dog who talks movie and you can't understand none of it because it's in russian and three-fourths of the crowd are shrooming out and people haven't slept and it's just a complete was completely
1: completely beautiful man. you're like mission accomplished this is what we were going for it
2: was man it was brilliant it became like <laughs> completely ab- about the, the the connection that had nothing to do with criticality or it being my films even it became a contrition thing amongst the room We were all eating from the same pizza that had gotten ordered um, from us online. That's not a metaphor;
1: literally, the same pizza.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the show, bro. We were eating from the same pizza, and these are a bunch of strangers who I didn't know. I didn't know if they liked me
1: or hated me or nothing. Well, because and and you say the word that I think all these projects is is about, right? Connection. That's what you're trying to do. And it's it's interesting in, in a way, like you know, when I look at quote unquote celebrity, a lot of it is about kind of like cutting yourself off as much as possible yeah, yeah, yeah. and you you're kind of going in the other direction you're almost like more accessible than yeah. any other like public figure i can think of yeah you it's let people drive you around and do whatever the hell they want with you well
2: not at whatever the hell there's rules but for sure i uh, the work that i'm doing it requires trust in a different way
1: yeah yeah are, are you getting different stuff out of these kind of experiences with oh, yeah. your partners on, on these projects yes and what do you what do you get out of it
2: uh, satisfaction, fulfillment, you know, we're explorers. We're like Dora the Explorers, and, and we're not pitching answers. We're pitching questions, and, the, the, you know, and when they throw answers, it's, it's quite profound, you know. Some of the most profound stuff I've been involved in has been stuff that we haven't orchestrated, and it's, 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 it's helping my relationship with people, and that's helping my relationship with myself. So it's, it's really uh, quite healthy and instructive to my life. Does it
1: bother you when some make make a joke out of something. No, way. I think it's part of it.
2: That's what I mean. It's like, like when I'm talking about wearing both hats about, you know, futurist, nostalgia sincerity, irony. You got to have the ironic part. Otherwise, the sincerity feels false. You know, you, you need to have one guy on the room saying, holy shit, this is really profound. And you need another dude on the other room who's like, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I was just you say, need both. I was going to say. You need both. To make, doing- it, to make it feel like, yeah. so I'm after a different kind of sincerity. I'm not after, there is a new sincerity that I think
1: we're touching on, which I think uh, cradles both evenly. Because I was going to say, like when you're doing the just do it kind of thing, you've got to know in the back of your mind, this is going to be appropriated. And that's part of the idea.
2: I'm Simpsons first and foremost. I'm Nirvana. I'm Metallica. I'm first and foremost that. It's what I was raised in. And in order, I think, to get to true sincerity, real truth, you have to go the route of irony to get there. And that's all we're doing. We're using irony as a route towards sincerity, towards empathy, towards connection. But if I started with the sincere connection bit, it'd be some Mother Teresa charity thing that would come off completely insincere. When I'm out here saving the whales and I'm actor number one and I'm trying to save the world and then I'm flying on my private – if I'm trying to – I'm pitching you let's stop using gas and then I'm on my private jet promoting that – then what, you know, I just think there's, you have to account for the other side yeah. and otherwise you're modernist and you're antiquated and you're lying.
1: In this new world, or maybe it's not a new world, but it feels like a new world the last couple of weeks, does this change your perspective on the kind of like art you want to do or the kind of things you want to pursue in terms of?
2: No, I think it's right in line with what I was, what, you know, no. I think my, I think it's right in line with what we saw coming. He is the definition of metamodernism. You know, he is now, if you look at the way he deals with truth, It's very... He's
1: post-truth. It's (laughs)
2: post-truth. We are in post-truth. And, you know, uh, he is the same thing that created ISIS. Is the same thing that created BoJack Horseman. He is the same
1: sensibility that this is what we're living in, you know? So uh, let's talk a little bit about the art again for a second. So, like, who who in... Are you dying to work with certain filmmakers right now? Yeah, for sure. Who's on your list?
2: Oh, man, I I like what the Safdies do. Uh, The Safdie brothers make cool stuff. I mean, you know, then, of course, like, you know, there's Paul Thomas Anderson's. There's Nick Reffins. There's yeah, yeah.
1: Did uh, you did you see Neon Demon? I really liked yeah, Neon Demon.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can't fault the guy. I'm, I look up to him.
1: Yeah. So, um, and in terms of uh, you obviously have directed some shorts and and st- some of which you know go back to some of the issues we talked about sure. earlier. Yeah. But uh, um, does that does does that kind of experience the the plagiarism kind of episode make you shy away from going back to directing? I think uh, directing being the last
2: dictatorial. Uh, antiquated I think position on a film set Uh, I have no interest in it there's no it's not I think when I was making movies I was trying to explore myself and I couldn't do that as an actor in a way that I wanted to that was so specific to my sensibilities so I wanted to be a director because then I thought I had more control Uh, but that is also uh, not my route I found my forum and my vehicle and what I got going on now feels really good did you know you were gonna get caught when you did that? I think um, I, I, no. In the back sure, of your head, no? For sure, not really. No way, no way, man. No way, no. I I I I I took I straight up took the idea, made the short film, went to Cannes with it, and then tried to be like covert about it. Yeah. And tried to be like a little sneaky guy, like a you know, and and got taxed for it, and rightfully so. You know, you you yeah. learn your lessons in life. I was also coming out of this postmodernist like fuck originality thing i'm from napster you know that's where i was coming from and and you know that's not quite all the way on the button either so i'm you know a lot a lot of the mistakes that i made in public are, are just you know i think where the feeling is naturally confused and, and we're finding our way and i'm finding my
1: way more specifically and uh consuming much in the way of tv at this point to you how do you how do you unplug how do you kind of like turn the brain off or do you feel like your brain's always going a thousand miles yeah, I'm not, not
2: always, no. Sometimes I'll play SimCity or just do some stupid narcissist game, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I quite like SimCity because I'm a narcissist and it's nice. <laughs> You're uh, owning up to it at yeah, least. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but um, not, not too much TV, no. I, I, I ain't been watching a lot of TV. Last blockbuster that did anything for you? Uh, I, saw, I saw Suicide Squad last night. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, David tried to get you in that one, I hear. Well, we talked. You know, he—I don't think he was desperately trying to get me in. He had—that was a—he had way bigger fish to fry. It was a big ass <laughs> movie, but uh, you know, I—I I, I, kind of like what he did. You know, I, I mean, uh, comparatively speaking, I think you know he—he he, he did get to some cool stuff in there. It's not—it's not the best movie ever made, but it's not the worst. I think there's some cool performances in there. I think what Jai did is fucking fun. Love Jai. He's great in that movie, dude. He's like some kind of weird Eric Bana chopper shit that I love. Totally. And I was way into it. So. You know, like there's some surprises there. I thought, uh, you know, Margot's bomb as fuck. There's some cool stuff in that movie, dude.
1: Jai doesn't get enough credit. He really I think. doesn't, bro. I think he's, he's great in this yeah, film of yours, and he's he is good in this. He's really good in this movie, he's really and he's good. he's a fucking hysterical, great guy. Like he is. he's been on a podcast. I love that guy. Yeah, me I've too, been telling man. people for like yeah. years, like this guy, and he, I'm really excited he's doing um, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like I think that's an opportunity for him. I to think show that dude really,
2: side. really cares. People gotta watch that dude. He really cares, bro. Totally.
1: Yeah. Uh, as do you. Look we'll at that segue. I'm a professional. Hey. Hey, go ahead, hey! Josh. Go ahead, Josh. No freestyle here, but we uh, we covered <laughs> you a lot could of I'll be alright. it's been way too long. Hopefully it won't be that long yeah. until the next time we get together. Roger. Uh, congratulations on, on both American Honey. If people haven't checked that out, please do. It's one of my favorites of the year. And and Man Down is an exceptional piece of work. As Thank always, you, you guys, you give 150%, and I always appreciate that. Man. Thank you, Josh. Good to see you both. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. Until next time. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley,
0: and I definitely wasn't pressured to
3: do this by Josh.
0: (laughs) This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts.
3: One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at TheOvernight.org or call 888 theovernight. That's TheOvernight.org or 888-843-6837.